The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of me and very much reflect the hidden recalcitrant inside each and every one of you. There will be topics in bad taste and many you won't agree with. So keep a leash on your inner SJW and jump on in with an open mind as we explore the controversial. G'day guys, um, welcome to Spoken Unspoken, I'm Lint Gannon, your host, and if you're new to listening, uh, thank you, and thanks to the person that showed you, or Google, or wherever you found me. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Hitler. Hitler, 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 all about Hitler, mainly about Hitler, lots about Hitler, not all about Hitler, um, but as you can see, if you've clicked on it, this is, we're going to be talking about five reasons that Hitler was nicer than God, but I thought before we jump straight into that, and you all call me a racist and a Nazi, I'll just give, give everyone a little bit of backstory on Hitler, because we all know all the things he did in World War II, what we don't know generally, what I didn't know until I started researching this, was his rise to power and where he came from. Um, so I, just, I wanted to, to kind of cover that topic before we got into the funny stuff, like why he's nicer than God. So... Let's jump on in and talk about Hitler. Young Hitler. Well, not really young Hitler. Adulthood Hitler. But, um, so we'll talk about Germany at the end of World War One, when they were forced to sign an armistice, which is a truce between countries or armies or states. Example, like, it's a stop war, fun- like, fundamentally. Um, and Germany kind of, like, threw their hands up and went, yep, the war's, the war's lost, and we're out of here. And they just kind of bailed. But after they lost the war, um, the country kind of went into civil unrest. Work strikes, rebellious uprisings became commonplace. Um, but in order to stamp out um, the chance of you know, a communist uprising or worse, you know, some sort of guerrilla activity, before it began, um, some of the major political parties joined forces. And that was probably like the first mistake, is, is taking like, left and right wing, putting them together to just kind of stamp out uh, the societal outrage. Um, but they, yeah, they... they began something called the Par- Parliamentary Weimar, I think it's pronounced Weimar, Weimar, German Republic. Um, now, implementing that new peace treaty, Germany took full responsibility for the war and they had to pay reparations. After losing more than 10% of its territory in the war and having its arms forces dismantled, um, so after the war, the, the, all the death and the loss of land, just kind of another nail in the metaphorical coffin for Germany. Uh, the economy was already weakened from World War One, so they weren't doing very well. Everyone's living on living on like potatoes and eggs, and uh, you know the reparations that had to pay didn't come lightly, and they're already a struggling country, so that was a bit rough. Uh, so don't forget, there was a time where Germany was in a state of disarray and had absolutely nothing. Um, it wasn't just all of a sudden a superpower. It took time to get there. Um, now there were major conspiracies at the time. Uh, that the German allies had betrayed them, and these conspiracies involved uh, the Jewish people and the Jewish integration into Germany, that, which had taken place just prior to World War I. Um, and many people were convinced that the Jewish people were kind of profiting from the war and stood to make, like, a ton of money on the collapse of Germany. Uh, Hitler was also one of these conspiracy believers. Uh, so once the propaganda started on that, once that kind of got into... Um, yeah, talking around the water cooler and those kind of ideas went out. There was a lot of anti-Semitism going on. 
Um, so pretty much Hitler joined a small political party. And demonstrating a, a penchant for public speaking, he started drawing like larger and larger crowds using catalyst for his speeches like anti-Semitism, uh, populist resentment to kind of support any wild conspiracies that he was plugging at the time. Basically, the idea was that communism and capitalism were Jewish tactics to destroy Germany and profit on the collapse. So obviously, this is like this is the beginnings of the Nazi party. And it didn't go heaps well. After a pretty poor attempt to kind of overthrow the government, usurp the government, Hitler was jailed for high treason. He got sentenced to five years, but only served eight months of that. Lucky bastard. Um, but by now, being a pretty famous public speaker and became somewhat of a martyr because obviously his trial and his imprisonment were headline news and all that sort of stuff. So people were not only hearing about him and about his name, but about the Nazi party's kind of message and ideals. And it's pretty much all the publicity they needed for that to start snowballing out of control. Whilst in prison, though, Hitler obviously had plenty of time to think. And um, his time serving in the Bavarian army and in and after World War I as an agent of education and propaganda, he seemed to have made a lasting impression as the Nazi party seemed to switch tactics from a violent approach to one fueled more by propaganda. For now. Um, but that was their tactic, obviously. Pump out a lot of propaganda, get a lot of people thinking, a lot of people talking about it. Um, and it wasn't long after Hitler got out of prison uh, that he, he moved to rebuild what was left of the Nazi party. And f in four years um, after he got out, the, the Great Depression happened in 1929. Forcing like America to withdraw any of Germany's loans, which I guess they took out. Um, I didn't really do any research on this. This is just me kind of hypothesizing uh, that they took out to pay the recompenses that they were owed, that they owed for the war, for World War One. Um, and with the German economy already struggling, um, yeah, Germany kind of the economy collapsed pretty much overnight in a matter of hours because of that. Um, of course, now the country had financially collapsed, and the current parties running the show couldn't really handle it. And the left wing weren't being any help either because there was, like, internal fighting within, within that house. And the Nazi party came in pretty much looking like Chris Hemsworth, butt naked on a white stallion, offering everyone a solution and a cookie. And it wasn't hard for the Nazi party to kind of pin the collapse on America for taking all the money away from them um, and making a point of the irresponsibility of the other parties at the time and making, like, wild promises to reform Germany and restore it to its prime. Hashtag make Germany great again. Um, so with some f carefully placed conspiracies and some well-produced propaganda, the Nazi party was able to rise their parliamentary votes from less than 3% to 18% in about two years. And we all know how that sort of stuff works. If you've got seven or eight parties, you only need 15 to 16% to kind of swing that because you might have the majority vote out of all the parties. It's still not more than 50%, but you've got the most votes of the parties. So that means you win. Yay, democracy. Hitler ran for president, but he lost. So he didn't, he didn't do well there. He lost to a decorated war hero called General von Hindenburg. Like the blimp. Or the zeppelin. I don't know the difference. Actually, yes, I do. Uh, one has a, a structural steel frame, and one is just filled with gas. And I don't know which is which. But it's hydrogen, which is a bad idea, because Hindenburg... Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but he, he, so he lost to, to General von Hindenburg, uh, but he, he got 36% of the votes. So it was pretty kind of easy to see that, that his following had risen. It was becoming startlingly more potent. Uh, and the very next year, um, Hindenburg appointed Adolf Hitler as Chancellor. 
bloody bad move. Hindenburg should have called you Hinden Blunder. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, no, no jokes, it's Hitler. All right. So within months of his new position of power, Hitler's followers had made a parliamentary group and started aggressively deterring uh, protests at the point of physical violence. And in 1933, uh, a worker was convicted of setting a fire in the Parliament House, so trying, trying to burn down Parliament House, which kind of gave Hitler the footing and a perfect reason to push for more power. And it was granted emergency power, like not the kind that keeps the lights on at the hospital in a blackout, the other kind, which lets him make decisions willy-nilly without really having to consult anyone. Uh, so this pretty much immediately led to like the freedom of press being taken away, other political parties were disbanded, and anti-Jewish laws were passed because conspiracy and propaganda and... Yeah, all that sort of stuff. But with Hindenburg's death in 1934, Hitler was already in a seat of extreme power and there didn't need to be a re-election. So he died literally a year after Hitler became chancellor. Um, so, But with also with, with corporations, businessmen, entrepreneurs, like intellectuals and stuff like that, um, the Nazi party having most of the popular vote, they were starting to back him, financially support him because they didn't want to lose the support of the people, basically, because you know they're business people and they need to make money. Right, but uh, a lot of the Nazis' earlier tactics weren't based on oppression, which is kind of harrowing, um, more based on the idea of fear. Uh, but now, of course, that didn't matter. Hitler had all he needed to begin his reign of terror. And we'll leave it with that, because that's kind of where everything kicks off to the point where we, we, we know. But we'll probably talk more about Hitler in another episode. We'll talk about his, his time as an artist, um, the love of his life, um, all things human, just lovely Hitler things. Uh, anyway, right, so the main topic we will get to is is the Hitler versus God. The nice off. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! So, coming in at number five, we have Hitler was a painter who would spend months perfecting a single artwork. But God knocked us up. Not, knocked us out, not up. Well, he knocked one of us up, didn't he? Mary. Anyway, knocked us out in, in a week. His greatest creation took him just a week. Less than a week, actually. He had to take a bloody day off. What kind of omnipotent being takes days off? Um, Hitler never took a day off. So, yet again, Hitler, more hardworking, um, puts more effort in, cares more about things. He never gave one of his paintings malaria or bone cancer. So, tick that one off. Number five, Hitler was nicer than God in that aspect. Number four, this one's probably going to lose me a few listeners. Um, God gave Jesus the ability to turn water into wine, kind of enabling alcoholics, which being an alcoholic, is, it's not meant, the Bible says no. The Bible says enjoy wine, don't drink too much of it. But if you can, drink, you can turn water into wine, Jesus Christ, like it's a bit of a dick move. Um, anyway, and Hitler, on the other hand, was very talented at turning people into soap. So that's clean recycling right there. Um, he's, a, he's a very environmentally conscious man, Hitler was. Um, right, so number three. Uh, God has many times in his book of books made sure the point is known that women are subservient to men. Um, and Hitler's view on women, which is however mainly patriarchal, was, was relatively opposite and believed that the, the double X gender were powerful and important bearers of the next generation. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna stay on number three here for a minute while I read through just a few Bible verses to support my claim, and of course because 
I am being completely biased and one-sided in this argument. I'm not going to go and read a bunch of things that Hitler said about women. You can do that yourself. Um, but Timothy 2.11.12 says, Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Jerk. So Corinthians 11.3 But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. So basically, man is subservient to God, women are subservient to their husbands. Does that, does that mean, like, before they're married, they can kind of do whatever they want? I don't know. <laughs> and the Lord said, so Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord, the Lord God said, um, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So don't forget, women, uh, if you believe in God, don't you just, you're just here to help men. I don't want to see you out there with your own jobs and stuff like that. Just stay at home, cook dinner, have babies. That's your job. All right. Corinthians 11.5. But every wife who prays or prophecies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. Also, don't shave your heads. Feminists, God doesn't like it. Um, or, and wear a hat, always. Uh, that's enough of those. We'll go on to the next uh, thing. All right, number two on the list... Um, God has routinely asked for sacrifices of animals, not to mention every animal but two of each species of the flood, and they were all killed. Um, by the way, these animals had no original sin to be punished for. They were just massacred. Um, and Hitler killed no animals because he was a vegetarian. Again, nicer guy. Um, and I do have a sub thing here that says, no animals were killed in the making of this holocaust. And of course, to support my claim, I'm going to go to this website here, and we'll put all the, the links in the show notes so you can find them there. Um, this comes from knowingjesus.com. Um, it's basically 13 Bible verses about animal sacrifice. And it is openly kind of just let... This is, this is definitely a, a God website. Um, and they're totally okay with this. Anyway, let's read through a few. Exodus 29:10:14. Then you shall bring the bull before the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull. You shall slaughter the bull before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. You shall then take some of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger. Sounds a bit dirty. Uh, you shall pour out all the blood at the base of the altar. Because that's the way God rolls. Hebrews thirteen eleven thirteen. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought to the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffering outside the gate, so let us go to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Just kill stuff in the name of Jesus. He loves it. He's all about forgiving everyone, just hates animals. Right. Let's skip through a few of these. Numbers 6, 10, 11. Then on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest. I kind of feel like two turtle doves is a little bit more spiritual than just two pigeons. Like, does it have to be class? Or you just kind of kill anything and it's okay. Anyway, it's like saying, oh, you bring me an albatross or a pigeon. Either one's good. They both do the same thing. 
Anyway, um, to the doorway of the tent of meeting. It's all over this tent of meeting. I have to look that up. Um, the priest shall offer one for a sin offering, the other for a burnt offering. And make atonement for him concerning his sin because of the dead person. Daniel 11.31 um, Forces from him will arise. <laughs> yeah, they will. Uh, I desecrate the sanctuary fortness and do away with regular sacrifice. They will set up the abomination of desolation. So if you don't just keep killing stuff, this, everything will get desolated. Thanks, God. Oh, gosh. I, gonna, like, I don't think I'll ever run out of things to say about God. Okay, so this is the main one. This is number one, the big Hitler versus God, the nice off, because we're going to talk numbers here. I like that. Snake stuff. That's good. All right, so. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, number one. Are we ready for this? Hitler's reign was the cause of the deaths of six million Jewish people. That's a lot of people. That, that's more than five million. Like a whole million more. I believe it's probably that number's like a roundabouts. Uh, I don't think, like, he kind of went, all right, six million on the dot, I'm done, call it a day. Ava, where's my cyanide pill? Well, uh, let's go home. Um, but anyway, but this is, okay, so six million people. Whereas in the time from Adam and Eve, uh, just to Noah's flood, and the 15 generations in between. So this is a time where people live to be, I think it's like it averages out at about, 750 years some people lived to be 900 some people didn't make it that far um and they all had hundreds of children but i do have a a site here that i'll put in the notes as well um that does the math on it and there were the estimates of 10 trillion people alive at that time so this is going off the mathematics in the bible okay 10 trillion people alive at the time of the flood and all he killed everybody everybody except for Noah and his family and all the animals too so I'll just do a quick where's my calculator let's find out the percentage three divided by six million I did that the wrong way no I did that the wrong way 10 trillion 12 zeros one two three one two three one two three one two three Divided by 6 million. Okay, me and math. So Hitler could have done what he did. 1,666,666.6666666 times. There's a lot of three lots of sixes in that, by the way. Just, ooh, like if you want to get to that one. Like he literally over 1.5 million times. Hitler could do exactly what he did again and and kind of get close to what God did in the first stages of life on the planet of his favorite thing to make. This was, we were his favorite people, his favorite thing, and he killed 10 trillion of us. So I'd say, yep, uh, Hitler kind of wins that um, as far as not being as much of a jerk as God. But look, we'll, um, send me an email about anything that I've... If, you, if you're a big history buff and I've left anything out of Hitler's um, his rise to power, let me know, because um, I'm not all-knowing. I like to pretend I am, but I'm not. Sometimes I make mistakes. Don't tell anyone that, though. 
Uh, and I will leave you. I'll leave it there. We've got to go to a break now. Um, and I'm going to plug some some other podcasts on the network that you guys should just definitely go and listen to. Yeah, every time I go to get new body armor or some more drones, I always go to Amazon. But I don't just go to any Amazon. I go to rogintel.com slash Amazon. So this way I can help out my favorite podcast with every purchase I make. And I know I purchase a lot. Get to the chopper now. Movies. Anime, comics, video games, and pop culture. These are but mere playthings for the manliest beings in all of podcasting history. The powerful Nerdcast. Hosted by the gurus of geekdom, Corey and Christian. Join them each week to discuss all things nerd culture. Everything from Star Wars to Dragon Ball Z and everything in between. Find the powerful Nerdcast on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network at RogueIntel.com. Hey, we're back. Welcome back. All the things. Um, if you're still listening, that's amazing. Uh, we're going to move on to the segment Mail Time. Mail Time. Mail Time. Right, so this one comes from Juliet in Lubbock, Texas. Okay, so this reads, Hi, Lint. I love your show, but I have an issue with episode one. Uh, it seems you were siding with the fathers for the most part, but I've got a story to tell. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that she knows that we do a segment mail time and that she's written this in anyway, knowing that I'm going to read it out. So, uh, my ex-husband was physically abusive towards me and mentally abusive towards my son, who, in brackets, has autism. He doesn't only have autism in brackets, I'm assuming he just, he has it all the time. Um, after the divorce, he... <laughs> <laughs> after the divorce, uh, he used his friendship, in quotes, with the county judge to play the system, which meant that... Uh, child support was extremely little and only paid when my ex was about to lose his license. This guy sounds like a dick. Uh, this went on for nearly a decade, and it put a huge financial strain on me as a single mother. I feel that there are some circumstances where the father doesn't deserve to be a part of their child's life, and I don't think you considered that when you were talking about 21 fathers. Juliet, um, you bring up a very, very good point. Uh, yes, some guys are absolute douchebags and don't deserve to see their children. A lot of fathers are absolute douchebags and don't want to see their children. Um, and I did not take that into consideration when I was talking about the 21 fathers because I was talking about the 21 fathers a week in Australia who care enough about their children that they do commit suicide. The fathers that do want to see their children and the fathers that are being uh, thrown into a manipulated system. But yes, this comes from both sides. It definitely does. Um, and I've had, a, I've had a couple of people bring this up that I didn't have my say from the, from the female perspective, like the, the women's, the mother's perspective of this. And um, thank you for your email, but I'll tell you the exact same thing that I've said to every one of those. I will talk about that when we do an episode on the single mothers who commit suicide every week due to child restraint. Child restraints, because car seats. Um, no, because child access issues. But this episode was about the 21 fathers, and don't take that away. Um, I don't mean to sound angry and stuff like that, but this is running rampant through everything when you say, here is a men's issue, and immediately someone will put up their hand and go, what about women? Yes, women exist too, and their problems exist as well. That episode was targeting one lot, and that's what we talked about. 
Um, so yeah, I will be doing an episode on on this, okay, from from the other side. So don't, I'm not just taking one side, and I'm not saying that all men are great and all men are perfect. Because guess what, they're not, and guess what, neither are women. So we can do lots of episodes on lots of different things. Um, but yeah, but anymore, anyone else who wants to kind of email in and target me for not doing the women's side of episode one, that's fine. Let me have it because. I don't care. I, di- I didn't do the woman's side of it because it was all about the fathers. That's what the whole episode was about. So email me with a topic you'd love to talk about and let's do another episode on it. But that episode was dedicated to the fathers who lose their life every single week to suicide and child custody issues. So if you try and take that away from them, you're a misandrist and fuck you. That being said, Juliet, thank you so much for emailing in. Um, it means that you shows that you care about the show and stuff like that. I hope I wasn't too harsh on you. Look, even so, if you want to get on the show and um, come on as a guest and talk about um, firsthand what you've been through, and I mean, that probably opened my eyes a little bit more. Um, stop making me such a recalcitrant little idiot. But if you do want to send me some mail, email me, spoken at com. Uh, with all your ideas and hate mail and pictures of boobs. Always send pictures of boobs. All right, so moving on to the next segment. And our last segment, uh, in the in the theme of Hitler, um, it's not really in the theme of Hitler. I've done this one. I've picked out just four pictures from Tumblr. And for some reason in my mental state this morning of being tired and not yet awake, I thought, wow, some of these inspirational pictures could really help a serial killer continue their career. So I've picked out a few that, <laughs> that I kind of feel like the Jeffrey Dahmers of the world could have accomplished more um, murders if they'd read these, if Tumblr had existed at the time. Uh, the first one is, don't let the opinions of others define you. Especially when that opinion is, stop killing men to Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Stop it. It's bad. Bad, Jeffrey. Nope, don't let the opinions of others define you. Just keep doing what you're doing, Dharma, or what you did before you were murdered in prison. Anyway, next one. Life is too short to be wondering, what if? Like, what if I didn't kill all these people? Yep. So, just go do it. That's also like, just do it's probably a good slogan as well. Number three. Stay strong. Make them wonder why you're still smiling. Because I have a basement full of bodies that I regularly necrophile with. So I just imagine some guy in a trench coat and pedo glasses and a seedy moustache just strutting down the street smiling. Everyone's like, he looks like a nice guy. And he's like, yeah, I've got eight bodies in my car. Anyway, um, next one, the very last one. Whatever you decide to do, make sure it makes you happy. Again, come on. Whatever you decide to do, we should have some societal restraint on certain things. Anyway, look, I'll leave the episode with that. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been episode four. We've done four of these already. It's crazy. Um, Don't forget to show all your friends if you do like the show. Make sure they show all their friends. And even if you know someone that'll hate the show, show them too. All right, guys, I've been Lynn Gannon, your host every week. I'm out. Peace. You've been listening to Spoken Unspoken. Jump on over to SpokenUnspoken.com for info on today's episode. Email me, Spoken at RogueIntel.com, with potential topics, hate mail, or even to join me as a guest. 
Spoken Unspoken is a proud member of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Find all of their great podcasts at rogueintel.com. Corinthians 11.5 But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Corinthians 11.5 But every wife who prays or prophesies prophesies? Prophesies. Prophesies? Prophesies. I'll just go again. <clears throat> um, yeah, and what have I written? Oh, and not be shunned by the public eye. That's the way I put it, but I'm not reading my notes like I should be. But um, with Hindenburg's death in 1934, which was like a year after Hitler became... Oh, jeez, hiccups. Um, right, so uh, within months of his new position... Nope, I've skipped the whole thing. Yes, now. Uh, and the Nazi party pretty much came in... The Nazi party comes striding in looking like Chris Hemsworth, butt naked on a white stallion. I can get through this.